Amen. Thank you, Alex and Lorinda, for reminding us that there are blessings in the tears. Amen. I forgot one of our announcements. Uh, I need the board, Brother Vaughn, Alex. That's it. To stay after church, your pastor needs to talk to you. No. Uh, uh, we are working on a, a project that we're going to be announcing next week, uh, and uh, we need them to help us out in getting them ready. So, uh, just wanted to, I need to let them know to come. All right. <clears throat> or I need them to stay after church. All right. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 4, Gospel according to St. John chapter 4. Last week we started a series on blessing our community, and uh, we wanted to be effective in reaching our neighbors and our loved ones for Christ, and uh, you have the, the bulletin inserts, uh, last week is, was begin with prayer. If you missed that, those are available uh, online, and also uh, you can get a CD from uh, Chase, he'll be happy to burn you one if you need to, if you've missed that and you'd like to have the entire series. Um, we want to begin with prayer. That's where we have to start before we can ever reach anyone else for the Lord. Uh, after we've been saved, obviously we have to start with being saved ourselves first. But, but we want to begin with prayer. and We, we talked about that last week. I don't want to uh, rehash too much, but uh, thankful Thankful that God hears the heart, our hearts cry for souls and uh, also the importance of getting our hearts in the right place so that we might be able to share the gospel. The L, and uh, of course we're using the word blessed as our, as our uh, thought, as our acronym for, for this series and begin with prayer. And the L stands for listen with care, listen with care. Um, of course, E will stand for eat together, and then it's uh, serve with love, and then finally share our story. Uh, but uh, we want to look together with Jesus listening. If I just stand with me for the reading of God's Word, John chapter 4, and uh, we're going to start in verse 7. There's a, I, I try to save us some time, but of course, Jesus needed to go through Samaria. And there cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink? A woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast then hast thou that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? 
Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me that the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah is come, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. Thank you, Lord, that you show us through the example of your Son, how to live, and how to reach out. We ask that you'd touch us and help us, that we might rightly divide the word of truth, and Lord, that help us to be people who listen with care. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. After a rather long sermon by the preacher, not this preacher, but a different one, because I never preach long, You weren't supposed to laugh at that. That was very serious, somber truth. But after a long, tedious sermon, six-year-old boy looked up at his dad and says, Dad, what does the preacher do all week long? And the dad thought about it. He says, well, the preacher's very busy, you know. He visits people and he, you know, he's calling and he's, and he's, you know, sermon prep and he's trying to explain some of the things that the six-year-old, the, the pastor does. And he says, but he ended, he said, you know, and he's got to rest up because public speaking is really hard work. <laughs> I'm glad I know somebody that supports me and knows what I'm talking about. That six-year-old boy thought a moment and he said, you know, listening's hard work too. <laughs> I'll try not to forget that this morning. But you know, listening is hard work. It really is. And you know, it's a skill that we don't really, a lot of us, I should say, just aren't really great listeners. I, I, you would think that we would be really good listeners because we have to listen, don't we? 
There's a, we're, we're taught from very young age. How often do our parents say to us, listen, as we're growing up? How many times as parents have you said to, our, to your kids, listen? And I know some of you use that old saying, if I told you once, I've told you a thousand times. And the mother's heads are nodding up and down. If they did so any more vigorously, they'd lift right off the seat. They're not listening. You keep telling them. You keep saying to them, don't do that. Don't do that. Do this. And, and over and over, you're repeating yourself as a parent, and they're not listening. And sometimes you get frustrated with that. But if you're, if you're wise, you probably take a moment and think about all the times your parents got frustrated with you because you weren't listening. It's hard to listen. It's hard work. And there's a lot of things that, that just, I, I, you know, there's a lot of things that just make listening difficult. One of them is, is some of us like to talk. Some of us just really enjoy having conversation. I love to have conversation. Now, that doesn't mean I don't like listening. I, I do. I enjoy uh, a good conversation where both people are giving and taking. Both people are talking backwards and forth. I really like that. I'll have to admit, if I'm not doing any of the talking, sometimes that can get a little tedious. Because I like to at least be able to chime in there somewhere, you know, and have something to say. But, but it, you know, just some of us just really enjoy talking. And there's some of people that just so enjoy talking so much they don't even practice listening at all. All they do is just talk, 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 and they don't let anybody chime in. There's a story that that was in Reader's Digest some years ago. A lady had received a phone call from her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law had, had been traveling up to New York from Florida. They do this in, in New York. In the wintertime, they don't like winter, and so they go down to Florida and stay. And then, of course, Florida is too hot in the summertime, so they go back up to New York. I don't know why they do that. I, I guess it's for, for the comfort and the ease of it. My mother-in-law was outside most of the day yesterday and was grumping about how hot it was. It was a sweltering 78 degrees <laughs> there in New York. Tell you, my heart was bleeding from suffering. <laughs> but on that way back up to New York from Florida... The mother-in-law was telling the story that their vehicle broke down three times. And one of the times it broke down was on a bridge during rush hour. Oh, how miserable that is. And she's, the mother-in-law, of course, is rambling on telling the story. And, and just as this daughter-in-law, who's writing this story, was about to tell about her worst car experience, her worst story, the mother-in-law got a ring at the doorbell. She said, honey, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go. She says, thank you so much for listening. But most of all, thank you for not telling me about your worst car experience. And, she th and she's going to. She's going to, but she got cut off. She didn't get the opportunity. What was it? Mother-in-law didn't want to hear her story. She'd been just through this... Very stressful, very stressful time. And she just wanted to talk about it. 
And uh, we've been talking about a little bit about this in, for the guys, but here it was a woman who was, who was going to share her story and not get it right. So it's not just us guys that are poor listeners. All right, ladies? We might be worse, but we're not, we're not, just the, we're not the only ones. It's hard to listen, and it's hard to do it well. It really is. It's hard to do it well. But if we are going to be able to reach the lost, if we're going to, ha- if we're going to be able to, to get out the message of the gospel, we're going to have to first listen to them. So oftentimes, we go and we do the talking. We go in and we set, you know, and, and we, you know, we're, we, we're, we're steering the conversation and, and, and we're the ones, you know, try, you know, trying to get a flyer or an announcement to them. And we're doing all of this talking and it's not effective. I'm not a salesman. I don't know how to sell my church. I know that I'm happy to be here. I know on our thank you cards just like the one we read today, so oftentimes we're so thankful to be a part of this church. I don't know how to convince other people that we're, the, we're a great place to be a part of. I know it's true. I can give all examples, but I don't know how about convincing people. Of that. But one of the things I think that, that is the problem is, is we go in trying to convince rather than to go in trying to listen. And we live in a world where people are hurting and they're going through some hard things. About a year ago, in fact, it was June 8th of last year, a fella had this really great idea. He was a believer in duct tape. Now, some of you believe in duct tape, but this guy really believed in duct tape. He built himself a raft built himself a raft completely out of duct tape, up in Alaska, out by, I believe, a channel near uh, Juneau, dog in the, in the raft, got through a paddle in the raft, and he decided he was going to go across this channel, no life jacket. He just, he, he had confidence in this, in this duct tape raft. Needless to say, he had to be rescued by Coast Guard. But you know, we live in a world where people have made their lives out of duct tape. Perhaps they don't know the truth. Maybe they don't know any better. Maybe they're doing the best they can with what they have. And they're taking on water. Sorrows of life, disappointments, and we all have them, whether we're Christians or not. We all have to go through the same water. Life is hard. I don't mean to be discouraging to you, but if you haven't had a a problem or a trial recently, probably one's on the horizon. Life is just full of those disappointments and discouragements and sorrows. And they're taking on water just like that man was. And they're a little... Raft made out of duct tape isn't going to see them through. You know it. And you know what? A lot of them know it too. And oftentimes we go in and we act like the Coast Guard and we start giving, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that. And if you want to get... And a lot of people just want us to, to say, 
just come alongside of them and just listen. And maybe, maybe if we show them we care by listening, maybe they'll let us show them a better way. Jesus goes, I love how the Bible says this, I didn't get to read this scripture, but it says Jesus must needs go through Samaria. He, had, he was on a, a mission. He knew that there was a divine appointment with a lady there who needed to hear about the living water. I love that. He went on purpose for her. So here he goes. He makes his way. He's been traveling probably all day. The Bible tells us it's the sixth hour. Uh, according to Adam Clark, that's about noon. So it's hot. The sun's, sun's at the highest point. Jesus has traveled all day. He's tired. He's thirsty. And he's hungry. You say, how do you know he's hungry? The disciples all went to go and buy food. And I think that Jesus probably was the most weary, probably likely the most weary out of all of them traveling because Jesus is the one sitting down and they're going into town to buy food. I don't think that uh, it, potentially Jesus had sent them. I'm not sure. But it, it just think, seems to me that Jesus is just really exhausted. He's been teaching. He's been doing the be uh, uh, healing. He's been doing all these things. He, now he's traveled. He's tired. He's weary. He's thirsty. Hungry. Here comes this lady. And by having a conversation with her, he shows her that he cares about her. He cares about her. She's got a lot of questions. She's got a lot of problems. She's got a lot of insecurities. But Jesus took time to show her he cared. Listening, when we listen and we listen well, we are showing people we care. There's no other way, I, I truly believe this with all of my heart, there is no other way to show somebody that you really care about them than by listening. Sometimes as dads, and, and I know it's not Father's Day, but sometimes as dads, we think that the best way to show we care is by providing for them and, and, and get, you know, the house and the food and, and the toys and, and and all those things are, are great, but they don't necessarily communicate that we care. Not the way we would expect it to. And you know, I, it's, it's wonderful to, to serve, and we'll talk about serving, and I think that's an important part. But I believe that really, before you can get a chance to even serve well, you've got to listen well. Because you've got to demonstrate that you care. I was reading the story of a pastor who had, who had made his way to the door of a, a lady who had just lost her husband. He had, I believe he had been called by the funeral home and, and asked to, to do the funeral for this, for this man that had passed away who didn't have a church. And so he rang the doorbell. The lady came to the door and he said, I, I, I'm Pastor so-and-so. And he said... Uh, I, I've been asked to preach your husband's funeral. And, he's, and he said, I, I just wanted to meet you before, before we have the funeral. She invited him in. She asked if he'd like a cup of tea. 
So she's making the tea. She begins telling all about their life together, all about their marriage, all about how he treated her, how she treated him. For, he said for 25 minutes, she didn't stop. She just was telling all these, uh, all, just all these stories and reminiscing and, and, and all these. Uh, and, and, and finally, at, at the, after about 25 minutes, he asked if he could pray for her. And he said he prayed a simple prayer, just thanking the Lord for their life together and asking that God would be with her in this time of loss. So they had the funeral on a Friday, and after the service, she came to him and said, I want you to know that what you said to me on Friday made all the difference. She said, I just so appreciated it. He didn't say a word. He introduced it himself, and he prayed for her. She did all the talking. You know, oftentimes we don't have conversations with people because we don't know what to say. But when people are really hurting, we often don't have to say anything at all. I believe her name was Roberta Reichman. She was a, a Jewish psychoanalyst, very, very popular, very prestigious in, in, uh, in uh, Germany, I believe, or Austria. But when the Nazis took control, she had to flee, and she came to America. Of course, she had a, quite the reputation. And uh, one, a, a wealthy American businessman went to her and requested that she would, that she would uh, hear him and, and do a consultation. She continuously said no, but some people don't take no for an answer, and, and they ended up having, a, having some time, and as she began to listen and try to help him. Some years later, she was speaking and trying to raise money for a fund. I'm, I, I, I don't know what kind of fund it was, but this same man gave a huge donation. And she went to him and she says, I want, I want to thank you for your donation. She, he says, you really helped me back in those, you know, when you first came over. You just really, you just really did a whole lot for me. And she says, he said, I just, I just wanted to thank you for all that you did for us. She said, I told you when you asked, I said no, because I didn't speak a word of English. I didn't know a thing you were saying throughout the entire session. All I did was make encouraging noises, and you solved your problems on your own. All she could do was listen because she couldn't speak his language. You don't have to know what to say. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know how to defend your faith to all the questions. I'm not saying it isn't important to be able to have answers to the questions, but what I'm trying to help us understand is that when we listen, we show we care. Whether we have the right words, but if all we can say is, I'm so sorry for what you're going through, if that's all we can do, sometimes that's all that's really needed. Jesus showed this woman that he really cared. But I wanted us to think about what keeps us, what keeps us from being the listeners that we should be. And one of those things is, is that we have a lot of biases. And I know that none of us like to admit that, but we do. We all have bias. 
There's, all, there's, there's certain opinions that we have. There's certain thoughts that we have. And do you know, we, we get caught up in our, in our own opinions and our own values. And they can keep us from listening. I want you to think about this woman. She is of the wrong family. She's a Samaritan. What is a Samaritan? A Samaritan was a, uh, was a descendant, but there were Jewish people who had married Gentiles and they had a mixed race. There could be no greater insult to a, a, a Jewish person than, than to have this mixed person who was not really God's child. Because, you know, you had to be a child of Abraham to be God's child. And so to mix outside was an insult to God. It was an insult to the nation. It was an insult to, to, uh, to all things good and holy. And you know that if, if you mix good things, uh, pure things with impure things, you have, a, you have an impure thing, right? I mean, if I have a nice clear glass of water and I spit in it, probably none of you want to drink it. And in their mind, when those Jewish people mixed with those Gentile people, they created a, a new thing that was an abomination, a terrible, horrible thing. Probably even in some minds, worse than a Gentile. Because it took the, what was good and right and made it into something corrupted in their minds. So she's of the wrong family. She's of the wrong gender. Ooh, let's get into feminism here, right? <laughs> she's, she's a woman. And in, these, in this time period, women couldn't even testify in court. They, they, were, they, they had no influence. They, had no, they, were, they were treated terribly. And one, one of the things that amazes me is how many people talk about how poorly women are treated in the Bible. And Jesus spends the, much of the scriptures, much of the gospels, lifting and elevating women. She is shocked that this rabbi is talking to her, one a Samaritan, and two a woman. Wow. That, that just didn't happen. That just didn't happen, folks. And now... Let's add the third thing. She's a terrible sinner. I know, I know that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. But here's a lady who just goes from fella to fella. And who she's with now, she's not even married to. And do you know how ostracized she is? She's getting her water, not when the other ladies are, you know, because the ladies would get together and share the gossip, and, and you know, they didn't have coffee houses in those days. They had wells, and the women all would go to the well together at the same time, and they would get the water together, and they would chat and gossip about everything, and they would have their, their little girl time. 
And she's not there with them. She's coming in the heat of the hottest part of the day. She's coming when no other women are going to be at the well. They're either giving lunch to their husbands or, or, or they're staying inside where it's cool. They are not at the well at noon. But she's there all by herself because she's so ostracized. She's such a, a, a bad sinner in the eyes of everybody else. Nobody wants to talk to her. Everyone's biased against her. Men are biased against her. Jews are biased against her. People who are not even living right are biased against her. She's just the worst of the worst. Wow. And you know, I think part of the problem, Dean, is that, that we, don't, we don't have the same biases. And so we have a hard time reading the scripture and understanding this passage. We don't... You know, we don't have the, the problem with Samaritans. I mean, we're, most of us are, don't even know what nationality we are. If we had to go and get your DNA tested, you probably are, we're probably all mutts. My grandma always said she was Irish and Dutch and didn't amount to much. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I did our family tree and couldn't find any Dutch anywhere. So I don't know where she got that from. More English than anything else. But all of us, all of us here, if we would, if we would ha go to the, these things and have our DNA done and, and send it away, we'd probably be surprised where we come from. None of us are pure English, probably. Probably none of us here are pure Scandinavian or pure German or pure whatever it is you, that that you want to identify with, we're all a little bit mixed up. So we don't have that bias. We don't have the... I hope we don't have the gender bias. I hope we don't. But here we have a person that is got all things... I mean, she's just got all the biases. And so I was trying to think for us this morning, or not even this morning, but when I was preparing this message, I was trying to think about what are the biases that we have that would keep us from having a conversation? What if our new neighbors were Muslim? Are we going to have a conversation with them and invite them and be their friends and, and try to begin with prayer and listen with care and maybe have some meals with them and, and then serve them with care and then share our story? Or are we afraid that they'd blow us up? I doubt they're going to strap a bomb on in their own house and blow you up. I guess stranger things have happened. But you know what? The vast majority of Muslims aren't trying to blow us up. What if, what if they're an illegal immigrant and they've got a slew of kids that are anchor babies and they're all by different dads? Now I'm getting at our biases, aren't I? 
listen, it doesn't matter what you think about her immigration status. It doesn't matter what you think about the fact that she's got five kids by five different husbands or five different men she never married or, or whatever her story is. She's got a soul that Jesus cares about. He said, I'm going to call ICE. Really? That's your job? My job is to see people make it to heaven. My job isn't to take care of America. Listen, she tried to get Jesus into an argument about where to worship, whether it's in Jerusalem or on the mountain. And Jesus said, I'm not going to argue over this because that's not important. What's important is that you need living water. You need a heart change. And we get so caught up in politics and, and our viewpoints on things. With the new neighbor moves in right across the street. It's two gay guys. Maybe someone transgender. Well, let's get into gender. Let's, we can get into that. I think, this is, I think this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. I think this is why Jesus picked her. It's because she's got everything that the biases scream at. What, what if with her transgender? Can we have a man who dresses like a woman come to our church? Or a woman who dresses like a man? Can we... Can we uh, can we have a meal with them? Can we tell them about Jesus? Or do we got to change them first and tell them how wicked and horrible they are first? I'm trying to get to our biases this morning. And I know I'm picking, I know I'm picking where you don't want me to pick. But the only reason I'm doing this is because we don't relate to this woman at the well. We've got to relate to the, to the uh, men and the women of our day that we have biases in. And that's why I have to preach this way. Because we get too caught up in our own opinion about how other people are living, our own biases, our own judgments, that we can't be effective and telling them about Jesus, listen folks, you don't take a bath before you get cleaned up. You don't try to, you know, you don't, you don't take a uh, uh, you know, before you go and take a shower, you don't, you don't try to clean up a little bit. You go in dirty and you come out clean. Why would we expect seniors to clean up before they come into to our churches? What is it with our biases? He said, what are the bathrooms are they going to go to? We have single stall bathrooms. I don't care which bathroom they go to. Thank the Lord that we have single stall bathrooms. Because it doesn't really matter which one they go to here. We don't have to worry about that. Problem's already solved. Well, I don't want them doing anything to our kids. Well, we don't know what anybody might do to our kids, whatever they belong to. You ought to be watching your kids no matter who comes to church. You can bring all your biases to the and you can and you can spew your hatred. Listen, I read I read this week a Baptist preacher who owns a hardware store has a sign up in his uh, in his window says no gays allowed for his hardware store for shame. For shame. 
Do you know why I say that? Because if we're going to be downright honest, one sin's just as bad as the other, and he ought to have on that list every single sin. And guess what? Nobody can shop at his store because he's not serving sinners. And do you know what? He can't even walk into his own store because he's got uh, bias and hatred in his heart. Listen, I'm... I take a stand, at, uh, and, and, I, and I don't have a problem with those that, that don't want to participate in the wedding. I'm fine with that. But when it comes to serving them a meal at, at a restaurant, or it comes to serving them at, uh, at a store, that's nothing but hate. Because we don't do that to other sins. Preacher's picking this morning. I know it. I know it. But I'm trying to help us to understand, to get the mindset of what a Jewish person was be thinking as he's reading this text. And the only way we can do that is to modernize it to our own personal biases. Oh Lord, I hope this isn't true. We're through the wrong skin color. Oh. Man, I hope we don't have any of that here. We might. I hope we don't have any of these biases, but I know we do. Since when does, since when does Jesus' blood not cover a certain skin color? I'm thankful. I'm thankful that Jesus' blood covers a multitude of sins, and it doesn't matter if it's a little white lie all the way to homosexuality, to to everything in between, and even worse than homosexuality, he's even able to forgive murderers. Folks, you know what? When we come to, and we have an attitude, an attitude of thankfulness that God forgave us, but we get angry and frustrated when sinners who sin differently than us have an opportunity at grace, we are Jonah. We are Jonah. We need to go back to the Old Testament and read Jonah over again. It doesn't matter if they sin differently than we sinned. Bias keeps us from having conversations to listen with care. Because, we, you know, we, you know why people don't want churches to grow? Because we want to be surrounded by people just like us. Just like us. And I know in a small town, we don't have a lot of people who are too different from us. And I'll, I'll be honest, that's a, it's one of my things that's difficult for me going from the city to the country. That's probably my biggest hang-up, is how much we all look alike. It's probably was the hardest thing. One of the things when I came home from doing the trial sermon, I said, they all look alike. I mean, we don't have any black people there. We don't have any gay people there. You say, what? Yeah, there was a gay person in my church in New York. Thank God for that. We didn't see him saved yet, but he kept coming. We kept encouraging him too. I said, I know that I recognize this transgender there. I, I, I mean, they all are alike. I said, I don't know. I feel like God wants us to go, but 
I mean, there's no black people there. There's, I mean, there's, they're all alike. Now, folks, I'm not criticizing you. What I'm trying to help us understand is, is it, it being in a small town, it's easy for us to overlook our own biases in our hearts because we're not face-to-face -face with them. When we were in the city, if you person had a bias, you knew it. I preached one time in the city, about, uh, uh, mentioned about the... Uh, Muslims coming to our church, and the person got mad, exclaimed, some, God help us or something, and stormed out of the church and wouldn't listen to the rest of the sermon. Woo, I found a sticky point. In the city. And I, you very well, when you're, when you're surrounded by people you're biased against. Here we get a little insulated from it. But folks, it's coming. It's coming. And how are we act and how are our attitudes? Are we going to be Jesus to the woman at the well? Or are we going to be uh, biased and bitter? We won't listen with care if the person that we're looking at we don't love. If we don't see them as Jesus sees them. You know, one of my favorite stories, I probably already told you this. Yeah, I just love this story. But a man who was a doorkeeper... He's, all he was was a doorkeeper at a monastery. But every time the doorbell would ring, he would say, Coming, Lord, to remind himself that whoever was standing on the other side of that door was Jesus to him. That the person on that other side You know how much you love Jesus? You love Jesus. This is Jesus what said. However much you love the least of these. The person you love the least is how much you love Jesus. And if you hate gays, then you hate Jesus. Because Jesus loves gay people. And if you hate Muslims then you hate Jesus. I don't feel like that's the true preacher. Jesus said that. When he separated the sheep and the goats, when he separated them, he said, you visited me in prison. You gave me clothes when I was naked. When did we do that, Lord? He did it to the least of these. Why don't we get to We went to church. We did, we, did, we, did, we dressed right. We dressed holiness. We did, we did all the things right. Why don't we get to go? Because you didn't visit me. You didn't feed me. You didn't, you didn't clothe me. You didn't, you didn't care about me. What do you mean, Lord? When you had the least of these, you weren't interested. And when you didn't do it for them, you didn't do it for me. Our biases keep us from being able to communicate well.
our time is gone. I'm sorry, I'm preaching long and tedious. I'm trying to help us understand, folks, that, that the, there are barriers that keep us from, from listening. Sometimes it's poor skill on our part. Sometimes it's, it's a lack of practice. Sometimes it's our bias. Sometimes it's our hatred. Sometimes it's we just don't care. We're busy with our own stuff. Remember, Jesus would tell the story about another Samaritan that would come by and, and he would be the good Samaritan. But how, what happened to the other guys? They were too busy to help. You know, we're busy people, aren't we? We've got a lot of things that we're doing. And it's really, it really takes a lot of time to listen. It really does. And if you're a good listener, you know what will happen? You'll listen a lot because they'll tell other people, you know so-and-so is a good listener. Listen, it's not about having the answers. It's about caring. You say, I don't know how to... You know, one of the problems is we're not good at starting conversations, spiritual conversations at all. I remember, I remember early in my, in my salvation experience, I prayed, I said, Lord, open the door, which really meant help the sinner to be interested in spiritual things and let me know that they're interested. Well, isn't that backwards? I mean, can you imagine? You found a new restaurant, and it's good. You're really excited about it. You really enjoyed that restaurant. Do you go around? I hope somebody asked me about a good place to eat. I got some place I want to tell them. Do you do that? Do you go into work saying, I, I really hope someone asks me about my weekend so I can tell them about this great new restaurant I found? Or do you find a way, you know, you're talking to somebody and, and you say, how was your weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. It was all right. He says, how was yours? Oh, I got to tell you about this restaurant. You just walked them right into it. It, we, it isn't hard. And, and, I, and I've given you on that, on the bulls insert, Different ways that you can start a spiritual conversation. Jesus started it by asking, give me something to drink. That's how he started a spiritual conversation. Could you get me a drink of water? Really? You want a drink of water? Yeah, sure. But let me tell you about living water. I mean, Jesus so skillfully turns a request for a drink of water into a spiritual discussion. But Jesus is the one who initiated the conversation and he's the one that steered it towards spiritual things. He wasn't waiting around for her to ask a spiritual question. I'm not saying if you're new to this that you can't pray that way. I think it's good to maybe if you're a little timid or a little maybe you're not, not out there, maybe you know, and it's a little hard for you and you need to get some practice. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray that way. What I'm just trying to help us understand is, is we've got to, we need to mature to that place. And I know some people are very introverted and the, probably the hardest thing you'll ever do is, is to open up a discussion on spiritual things because we're afraid of the response. But you know what happens when we listen with care? They're open to listening to us later. Because you've built relationship with them. It doesn't matter that we can't start a conversation well or, or that we struggle. You know, sometimes some feeble, our feeble attempts 
God just, God just helps to take our feebleness and our, and our failures. You know, God says He, makes it, uh, he takes our weakness. He, he's strong in our weakness. I think it's good to start from a place of weakness because then God can show himself strong in our lives. We want to make a strength before we ever do it. I never would have preached if I had to wait until I, it was a strength before I ever preached. I still wouldn't be preaching. I'd, I would be waiting still for a while. God doesn't, God doesn't show himself powerful in our strengths. He shows himself powerful in our weakness. And so I just want to encourage you. When people are going through things in life, death, loss of job, situations that are in trouble, when, they're, when their little duct tape raft is, raft is taking in water, offer a listening ear. Offer a listening ear and just show that you care. You don't have to bring Jesus up right away. Maybe Jesus isn't even, be, isn't even brought up for a month or two later. That preacher I told you about that listened to that widow lady tell her story, he says that eventually she started coming to church all because he listened to her. And eventually she got saved. He never talked about Jesus in that. Even as a pastor, all he did was pray for her. But eventually she came to know Jesus as her Savior, all because he listened with care. We've got to begin with prayer. We don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't, want to, we don't want to steer the conversation too prematurely or incorrectly. We've got to begin with prayer. But then we need to listen. Before we even share our story, we need to listen. And if we can listen, we can show the world that we really do care about them. It's not just about the numbers. It's not just about our egos. It's really about them. Let's stand together.